Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. When you come into the church of Jesus Christ, you come into a church, in general, church are full of you know, people be at a church, there's that group of people that are set apart for service. And within that group, there are assignments. Everybody's got to have their assignment. And I would really challenge everybody here that's a believer. If you're not a baby Christian or a brand new Christian, if you're a believer, you know the Lord and you're going to heaven and you die, that you would see it as a requirement. I, I need to find my place of service. I have an assignment. I cannot just go. If you've gone to church before, you know there's a lot of work that goes into every service. If you've been going for a long time, you know that there are always roles that need to be filled. Today, Pastor Bill encourages us to get involved in our churches. We don't want to be observers in the house of the Lord. We should want to be involved. Don't just show up and sit down. Participate. Ask how you can be of service to your church family so that you can lighten the load for someone else. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 4 as he continues his message, Spiritual Teamwork. I call this chapter I titled it Spiritual Teamwork because what if Kohath shows up with all the inside stuff that's not to be looked upon, it's all wrapped up in special color cloth and badger skins and everything else. What if they did their part and they all carried the, the showbread table and the, the candlestick, all these things got brought, but what if this group, what if the sons of Gershon said, I don't feel like my job is as important, so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to bring the tent coverings. I'm not going to bring the screen door. Then the work stops. Doesn't get to go for it. Right? That was going to be their assignment, but they both need each other. And uh, I point that out because in the body of Christ, it's the same way. There could be people in the body of Christ that feel like their role or their job or their function just doesn't feel as important as another person's function. Maybe it's not up front. Maybe it's not visible by many. Maybe people don't see it and acknowledge it and say thank you for it, but it's critical. It's critically important. It's necessary. Um, when I first started doing high school ministry, there was a young man that had been, he had been kind of with the junior high pastor before, then he had come to high school and he had worked with the pastor before. He was a student, but he was also serving in the ministry as a student. So when I took over high school ministry, um, he was still there and helping serve me, serving with me along things. So we were doing our first high school winter camp, which is a really big deal. And 90 some kids, you're taking them up the mountain. And, um, you know, there's all these things you need to prepare for. I've never done it before. It's my first time doing it. And I'll never forget this kid showed up at a Wednesday night and he had made this checklist for me. And he said, hey, uh, every year that we go, this was a checklist that I would do for Pastor Mike. And it's all the different things that you need to make sure you have. And I remember taking that checklist. And if I were to be totally honest with you, I probably had 20% of the checklist. But I needed 100% of the things that were on it. And I was so thankful for this kid. I mean, it, there are things that I just hadn't thought of. I'm like, oh, wow, I hadn't thought about that. I do need a, a sound system. Oh, I hadn't thought about this. I do need a first aid kit. I hadn't thought about that. I do need to bring the, the first, you know, you, we have a first aid book, but I need one with only the kids that were going to take their stuff. And there were all these things that he brought. And I thought, wow, now I do the camp, you know, I take all these kids up and we have this awesome time and we bring them back and parents are thanking me. Thank you so much, Pastor Bill. Oh, I appreciate you. And oh, you're such a great guy. And this guy, he really made it go. 
You know, he gave me the list. He helped me serve. He did all these different things. But his role maybe wasn't seen or acknowledged, but it was critical to everything going in a way that glorified God and ministered to people best. You may have a role like that, not seen or acknowledged or celebrated or thanked or whatever, and you really got to have the heart that says, I do this as unto the Lord. I, I do this for God. And if nobody ever sees it, I'm content to do it for the Lord. Anybody in ministry here, we have to serve God like that. We have to serve him in a way that says, God, if nobody thanks me, if nobody thinks it's great, if it, if it, it just, I do it for you. And I give it my all because I do it as unto you, Lord. That's how we want to serve the Lord. That we just, we do our best, we give it our all, but we do it as unto the Lord and not to men. Uh, this is Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Uh, it says, do all that you do heartily, means with all your heart, as unto the Lord and not to men, because you serve the Lord Christ, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And so we do our work as unto him, knowing that our reward is from him, and we don't do it for men. Because if you do it as unto men, you'll be really bummed out when nobody noticed that you worked really hard. I did this for three days, nobody said nothing. That's when you know that you didn't do it for the Lord. Because you was looking for somebody to acknowledge it. No, I didn't even say thank you. I ain't doing it next week. You know, that's when you know that you, you didn't have it right. But when you do it as unto the Lord, whether it's acknowledged or not, seen or not, the contentment is that, God, I did this for you. And I, I know it glorified you. I know it blessed you. And you know what? When you serve as unto the Lord, your service never goes unseen. Because God sees everything. He catches it all. He doesn't miss anything. Anything you do for him, he never misses one thing that you do for him. And so... That'll save us um, because everybody's role and function in the body is not a visible one. You know, Paul, he talked about this. He said that sometimes it's the unseemly members that are the most critical. Think about your physical body. The most important parts of your physical body you can't see. I can't see your internal organs. I can't see your heart or your blood flow. I can't see those things, but they're the most critical thing about you that keep you living, right? I can't see those things, but they're critical to your, your living and breathing and, and having life. When I'm looking at you guys right now, the stuff I see is not that important. Your hair, your skin, your clothing, your fingers. I mean, they, they're important, right? We're looking at them. We care about how our faces look or whatever, but they're not that critical. They're not the most important things. And many times in the body of Christ, those, those things that are most critical, somebody that's at home praying that God shows up. Nobody ever saw him, but it was the most critical function of the ministry that went forth. Someone that was dedicated to prayer for the work that God was going to do. Those that maybe gave and nobody know what they gave. Nobody knows how much they gave, but they gave that the work might go forth. And nobody knows. No one, no one thanks that. But, but it goes forth in a way that honors and glorifies God. And it may be those that just serve behind the scenes. I think of Sunday mornings. I, even right now, we're all in here. There's people upstairs with kids. Right. We don't see them. I don't think about them when I'm in here all the time. Sometimes I do. And I look at the clock and I say, I better shut up so they can get out of here. But but we we're not thinking about them. They're not visible right here. We're in here and they're they're way over there. Sunday mornings, every Sunday, there's a group of people that are in there changing diapers and doing Bible studies with kids while we're in a sanctuary, quiet and going through the word together. Um, they're not being seen. But what they're doing is critical to what the Lord's doing. So be content. All of us need to be content to serve the Lord in a way that is just for his glory. Um, maybe God calls you to serve in an out front way. Well, you make sure even if you serve out front that you just do it for his glory. 
And if God's called you to serve in some unseemly, unvisible way, unthankful, some area of being, not being thanked, you do that too. And you do it as unto the Lord. Back to the sons of Gershom here. Uh, their job was going to be to carry these other instruments that didn't seem as important or as critical as the things that Kohath brought over, but they were going to be just as important. When everybody came together, they were going to need all three groups and all the stuff for this to go forth. So look now at verse 29 to 33. As for the sons of Merari, you shall number them by their families and by their father's house. From 30 years old and above, even to 50 years old, you shall number them, everyone who enters the service to do the work of the tabernacle of meeting. And this is what they must carry as all their service for the tabernacle of meeting, the boards of the tabernacle, its bars, its pillars, its sockets, and the pillars around the court with the sockets, pegs, and cords, with all the furnishings and all their service, you shall assign to each man by name the items he must carry. This is the service of the families of the sons of Merari as all the service for the tabernacle of meeting under the authority of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. So this is the third group. So we've had the sons of Kohath. We've had the sons of Gershom. And this is the last group, the sons of Merari. And again, they were carrying articles. Um, one of the books I was reading said that the, they weighed because the th- they were carrying the sockets, but the, they, they were carrying precious metal. These things are gold. There was a lot of weight to the things that these guys were carrying. And so God says, each person is going to be told what he's to carry. You carry this, you carry this, you carry this. And I want you to think about how critical that is, right? I'm not a camper, right? I've, I've, I've only put together a couple of tents and I probably didn't even do them that good. It's enough to have everything together and try to get it all put together. But here they're saying, Bill, you carry this bag of sockets. Clint, you're going to carry the, the poles. George, you're going to be carrying the, the part that goes over the top. Frank, you're going to be carrying the underlayment and the cords. And Now, everybody's got their stuff to carry, but everybody's got to do their part for it to work. What if the guy with the sockets decides, I don't want to do it. I'm not, he don't show up. You can't put it together. And so he's holding up the guys from Gershom. He's holding up the guys from Kohath. He's holding up everything because he didn't want to bring the sockets. Everybody's, everybody's obedience was necessary. Bring that up for a reason. Within the church, um, there's, a, there's, there's statistics about church serving and all these different things. And, and they're largely true. Um, every church is a little bit different, but it's largely true. And so one of the things that, that people who study churches and those that come and those that serve, those that work or whatever, it's about 80% of the people that come and receive and about 20% of the people that do the work. Um, that's that's typical of and on, on average, that's typical of churches and how they gather. Um, 20 percent of the people doing everything, 80 percent of the people coming in and uh, being present, observing, so forth and so on. And when I read this, I realized that everybody was supposed to be a part. Everybody saved. Everybody. There, there was you, you read this. Nobody was left out. Everybody. As far as the, the Levites, they're a certain group. But within that group, they were all given certain tasks. And so I want to point this out to us. The Levites here are a minority from that large group, the children of Israel, and they were set apart for the service of the Lord. And when you come into the church of Jesus Christ, you come into a church in general, church of full of you know, people be at a church. There's that group of people that are set apart for service. And within that group, their assignments, everybody's got to have their assignment. And I would really challenge everybody here that's a believer. 
if you're not a baby Christian or a brand new Christian, if you're a believer, you know the Lord and you're going to heaven when you die, that you would see it as a requirement. I, I need to find my place of service. I have an assignment. I cannot just go and attend like a non-believer that needs to get saved. I, 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 I'm part of the family of God. I'm like a part of the group. I need to find my assignment, find my place, find my, my place of service in the body. What's, my, what's, what's God given for me to do within the group? And as I look here, they had their assignment. It was very specific. And in this group right here, everybody was given their particular thing. You're going to carry this. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And when everybody did their part, it was beautiful. The tabernacle would go up and it would come back down. And when it was time to go, this guy knew that he's grabbing the pole. This guy knew that after you grab the pole, I grab the sockets. This guy knew that after you grab the pole and the sockets, the cords are coming down, wrapping those up, putting those there. These guys over here knowing how we got to wrap up the furniture, so we're wrapping it up with badger skins and blue cloth and purple things. Everybody knew what they were doing, and it's just flowing. Everybody's just doing their part. That's what churches should look like. We should show up, and everybody's just doing their parts. And... You know, to a degree, we have that going on. We show up on a Sunday morning and there are people that are setting up kids' rooms and people that are cleaning up bathrooms and setting up chairs and setting up the stage and running the chords and preparing the worship and working on these. People are doing their different parts, getting security ready, getting walkie-talkies dialed in. There's people doing stuff. I'm just encouraging you that you make sure you're doing something, that you're not just going, uh, that you're not just a, a, a consistent attendee, but that you be like the group. The Levites are the minority but they're critical to the, the purpose and the work that God was going to do in that generation. And so today, there are no Levites, right? Who's the group doing the work? There are those that are within the church that know the call of God upon their life to be of service, that have taken the call, that have heeded the call, that are doing their part. And these are those that are set apart now for service, that they're a greater part of the work that God is doing. It's the difference of going to a sporting event and playing a sport. Uh, we've all done both. Everybody here has gone to a game and enjoyed it, um, right? You go to a game, you bought a ticket, you go, you don't, you don't really have the, you know, if I go sit at a Laker game, the coach can't call me. There ain't no pressure. It's easy. You know, I go, I give me something to eat, something to drink. I sit down, I watch. If they're winning, I, I can cheer. If they're doing bad, I can yell at them. But there's really no pressure on me at all. I can leave early if I want. The team could be down. I can walk out. Nobody's going to say, you leaving now? I don't care. I'm leaving. I'm just going to observe, Right? You don't want your commitment to the church to be that, that weak, that loose. I'm just an observer. I just come, check it out, you know, and that's it. Nah, 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 I, I take off, right? You look at the guys that are on the bench at the game, they're involved. They're wrapped up in it. It matters if they win. It matters to them the different calls. They're, they're upset when things aren't going well and they're cheering when things are going well. It just matters a lot more to them because they're part of it. You want to make sure that you're part of the work of God in that way that it matters to you how things are going. You're invested in some way in what the Lord is doing. And so, again, the, the sons of Merari, verse 33, this is the service of the families of the sons of Merari and all their service for the tabernacle meeting under the authority of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. So now I, I should point this out. It says, uh, in addition to overseeing the Gershonites, Ithamar was overseeing that group too. It also says now he's also going to oversee this group of Merari. And in a sense, he's got double duty, right? His, um, he's looking over these two groups and his other brother is looking over the, the Kohathites. And so a couple of the books that I read on this brought that up. They pointed out, said, why, why has he got to pull double duty? How come he's got to do two groups? In the beginning, Aaron had how many sons? Anybody know? 
four. And he's, he's down two. Um, he lost two because Nadab and Abihu offered up strange fire to the Lord and they died. So the way it was initially with four sons, there was a son to oversee each group and there was an extra son to float around. They had an extra. They had more than enough to oversee everything. But now Nadab and Abihu, who decided to go and do it uh, in a way that God had not prescribed, it's insinuated that they went in drunk, that they had drunk alcohol as they went in. They offered up strange fire to the Lord and they died. God killed them on the spot. Now there's a shortage. Now we got two guys, two sons left. We got three groups to oversee. So Ithamar is going to oversee two groups. And I just thought this was interesting because I see the same dynamic that because now two guys have fallen, somebody's pulling double duty, right? Somebody's doing a double portion. And within the, the service of the Lord, this happens. Somebody could decide, somebody could fall into sin. And now they have been in this position. Now they're not in that position. And so now the other people there, they're going to be pulling double duty. But the work's got to still get done. The work still goes forth, but now someone's doing twice as much as they would have been doing. Um, somebody, maybe they don't fall. Maybe they just decide, I'm, taking the, I'm just taking a break. And so someone else doing double duty. In our church, it's been, I've seen it happen different ways. I've seen people fall. I've seen people decide to pull themselves out. More than anything else, when I look at children's ministry, the moms get pregnant again. So that ain't really a sin. You know, they just, they're busy. They get, they get pregnant again. And so it's like, boop, we're, we got one out on pregnancy assignment, you know. And so, you know, people get shifted around. But I want to just point this out, right? We don't want to be a Nadab or a Baihu in this way, right? I don't want someone else to be pulling double duty because of me. All I got to do is be in my, in my lane. I got to be in my role being faithful, right? But I don't want to mess up in my role to where now somebody else is doing theirs and mine. Um, because in that sense, the one that's supposed to be of service to the body is actually a burden of hurting the body. I'm causing the body, somebody in the body is having to double time it because of me. And so that's why everybody wants to do their part. We want to be faithful, do our part. Don't want someone pulling double duty on, on account of me. So now I'm going to read 34 to 37 and I'm going to summarize the rest of the chapter and I'll tell you why. So look at 34 to 37. And Moses and Aaron, the leaders of the congregation, numbered the sons of the Kohathites by their families, by their father's houses from 30 years old and above, even to 50 years old. Everyone who entered the service for the work in the tabernacle of meeting and those who were numbered by their families were 2,000. 750. These were the ones who were numbered of the families of the Kohathites, all who might serve in the tabernacle of meeting, whom Moses and Aaron numbered according to the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. So stop right there. What's going to happen through the rest of the chapter here, 34 all the way to 48, they're going to say the exact same thing we just read. And they're going to give you an end result. The number of Kohathites was this. The number of Gershonites is this. The number of uh, Marara writes, Marara, the sons of Marari is this. So I'm just going to cut to the chase and tell you the numbers if you're interested in that sort of thing. The sons of the Kohathites, they ended up with 2,750. The Gershonites were a little bit less, 2,630. 
The largest group were the sons of Merari at 3,200. And some suggest that the reason the sons of Merari was given the role of carrying all the very heavy things was because there was more of them. And so their job was going to be important. They had heavy things. And so they were spread out among all the guys. You carry this, you carry this, you carry this. And so some believe it's because they had the largest group. The total number altogether, 8,580. That's the number of Levites. Uh, from these three groups, the Kohathites, Gershonites, and Merariites, who were between the ages of 30 and 50 available to serve their time in tabernacle service. In the last verse, 49, that's what we're going to end with. According to the commandment of the Lord, they were numbered by the hand of Moses, each according to his service and according to his task. Thus, they were numbered by him as the Lord had commanded Moses. So in closing, I want to give us a couple things to think on. So why did God do this, right? Why, why is this important? Why did he number these people? What does it matter to you and I today that there were this many Levites once upon a time and they did this and they did this and they did this? What does it mean for you and I now? And just, there's a couple things that we can take away from this. One very important thing is this, just like the Levites, and we said this earlier in the study, just like them, they had assignments that were specific that were just for them from God. Not something they decided to do, chose to do, asked to do something they were told to do. You and I have an assignment from God. Not something you picked, chose, you know, got in line and asked to do, but something God has assigned you to do. And every one of us wants to make sure that we've got that from the Lord. And some of us have multiple assignments, but we want to make sure that we're getting it from the Lord. You don't want to be meandering through life with somebody with no assignment, no purpose, no job, when you know God's given something for you to do. And so one example, one lesson we could take from them, God's got a plan for his people. And it it has to do with his glory and serving his people. And every one of us is supposed to be a part of it. And so we want to find our place in the service of the Lord. Second thing is this, when it comes to serving the Lord, it requires teamwork, right? There's not really any position in the body of Christ is more important than another position. Every position, every, every calling, every gifting, every, every office we need, each, we need everybody. We need everybody to do their part. So the pastor is maybe the most visible uh, calling in the body, but it's not the most important. It's just this, I, it's, this is one part of what God has, someone to oversee someone to teach, someone to shepherd, someone to care for, someone to pray, but there's other people that do other things. Everybody's got a part. There's none that are not important. There's none that are more important than another. Um, We really shouldn't come to God saying, well, I really want to do that thing. It looks really cool over there. We really want to come to God saying, God, what part would you have me to play? How do I help? How How do I help you be glorified and people be ministered to in this day and age in which I'm living. And I would encourage everybody to be praying that. Third, last, last thing is, I've said this in many different ways, um, but when it comes to working together, um, one issue that people can have is having their eyes on someone else. Rather, someone else is appreciating what I'm doing, seeing what I'm doing, or how come they're doing that, and I wanna try, how come they got to do this, and I got stuck over here doing this. Looking everywhere else, when it comes to your service to the Lord, there should be one direction that we're looking in. What direction is that? It's up. We look up. 
so that you're not stumbled or hindered at some point in time. You want to make sure that you're doing it for the Lord. I've seen people that served vigorously unto man and they were really let down when man didn't acknowledge them or didn't, didn't do what they thought man should do for them. But if you serve as unto the Lord, you'll be, you be healed, you'll be delivered. It'll never matter what people say or don't say because you did it as unto the Lord. And we want to be careful that our service for the Lord is done unto the Lord. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. As we study through the book of Numbers, do you relate to how the people wanted to rebel, complain, and doubt what God's doing? Throughout this book, it's easy to pick up on a theme that God doesn't look kindly at a rebellious spirit or behavior. However, he corrects the people in a way that causes them to come back to him with the right kind of heart. The lessons that he taught them are the same ones he teaches you today. He wants you to live fully for him, not just say one thing and do another. This means not going about your ministry complaining about the things that bother you. God wants you to be overflowing with gratitude for what he's doing in your life and to look back at the struggles and recognize that he was the one who got you through. Are you enjoying these things that you're gaining from the book of Numbers? Today's message is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the teachings tab. Otherwise, feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of A Transforming Word.